Hello, legends, and welcome to today's show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club of United Business, Australia's number one members club connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. And today, I'm catching up with one of my great friends, one of the first members to ever join Cub, one of the hardest working and smartest dudes I know, Miles Wharton, uh, the owner of the Bespoke Corner Tailors. I have all my suits from the Bespoke Corner. They entered the market around five to six years ago and are now one of the largest names in custom luxury suiting, whether it be for work suits, wedding suits, anything. These guys focus on delivering you the best experience and service possible. And there's very few, if any, other company I would be more uh, confident in recommending than the Bespoke Corner Tailors because I know Miles and Rami, the owners, so well. They've been members for so long and everybody is always not just happy in the suits that they get from them, but ecstatic with the service they received and they feel very special. The Bespoke Corner Tailors have partnered with brands like Rolls-Royce and Louboutin. These guys are truly the best in finding a way to expand fast in a competitive market. It was a fantastic conversation. Uh, it was very relaxed. I'm such great friends with Miles. So I hope you enjoy the show. And we're live. Man, COVID has been very weird for both of us. Like I started meditating and, and I started a podcast and you went and bought a jet ski and what was the other thing? You started learning how to DJ. Yeah. I, I can't see you uh, meditating. No, no, last about a second. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, Miles is a very special guest today because not only is he probably the fifth member ever to join Cub ever, it would be you were in the top first five, weren't you? Yeah, I think I was the first. No, you were. <laughs> Do you remember the first time we met? Yeah. Can I you remember? I remember I walked into um, I walked into Cub and I remember there was no lights on the wall. <laughs> and you were selling me the dream and you were saying, this place is going to be unbelievable. It's going to be the best business club. And I was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, when, when's it going to be finished? You're like, oh, soon, soon, soon. You know, just, just join. Um, uh, hey, lucky you joined five years later. I know. It's crazy. Times fly. So fast. So mm. fast, because that was when you first started Bespoke, isn't it? No, we had started a little bit before, but we weren't really very well established. You know, we were moving around uh, as a traveling tailor. So we were going and seeing people um, in their houses, in their office. Um, but we weren't, we didn't really have a place for them to go. So that's why, you know, what initially attracted us to Cub. Ah, yeah. Do you remember back in the day, there used to be business meetings going on in the lounges and then there would be like suit fittings. Like yeah. you'd look over and there'd be some dude standing up getting his suit done. Yeah. That was the best. I reckon that was a great vibe. We should really bring that back mm. to the back to the club. But but um, you just told me that you – I mean, I know you were just telling me at breakfast before that uh, you not just have a space now, you just went and got a space three times the size of your current space. Yeah, so we, um, we've got an initial store in Paddington, which um, obviously we started at Cub. We, we, put a, we sort of took over that back area. and <laughs> We I called know, it the Bespoke Corner because it was the did, corner. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and then um, we had our first premises on Regent Street in Paddington. And then um, we moved at a similar time actually to you when you opened in Melbourne. We opened in South Yarra. And now we've just relocated our new um, shop to Glenmore, Glenmore Road. Um, which we've done through COVID. So mm -hmm. we've got a space that's three times the size of our current space. Um, we're going to make a beautiful showroom down there, which will give our customers um, a little bit more. You know, we're going to add a bar in there. Um, it will be a bigger space for them to relax. We're going to make it, you know, obviously look beautiful. And You're not just making it a little bit more. This is going <laughs> to be the best, yeah, like, we're... tailoring <clears throat> shop in the country. This is going to have everything, yeah. though. We're going to... Uh, Blow it out the park. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to be the first – I'll be um, suit number one purchased in there. You know you've done every single one of my suits bar two. Mm. Bar two we need to We need to burn these other yeah. two then. <laughs> no, it's on board. Um, and, I mean, why don't you just give us a bit of an introduction to the Bespoke Corner and uh, kind of where you fit in the market of tailoring because, I mean – the garment industry is a, a notoriously difficult industry to break break through into. You, in five years or, or six years, whatever it's been, have one of the best brands in tailoring in the country um, and you had a huge amount of success with clients coming from everywhere. 
And so I guess I want to really get to know and understand the strategy you took to actually do that. What made you different to all the other uh, tailors? You know, you, there's, there's a lot of little tailors <clears throat> around the place. Uh, yeah. So what made you different? What made you grow? Why are you better? I mean, there's, lo- there's loads of tailors, like you said. Um, tailors come and go, you know. Um, the good ones will obviously be around for a lot longer. We, we always, uh, our initial focus was, was completely based on service, you know, uh, giving the service to the customers that they want. Um, really that attention to detail and building relationships. You know, our, our business is built around relationships. Uh, we do the right thing. Um, the customer will keep coming back. Um, over the years we've developed, you know, we started um, just made in Italy. So we were only producing garments in Italy. And then we released another production in China. Now, the reason for that is we were um, essentially losing sales because we couldn't cater to that side of the market. We were only catering for people that were purchasing $2,500 suits up. So we opened that market, which obviously th- then it expanded our client base quite a lot. Um, and do you think that was a that was a positive? You, that it worked out well for you? A hundred percent. Look, there's a there's. Uh, I personally prefer Italy. It, it's a lot finer. Uh, the craftsmanship is a lot higher. Um, but there's a place for you know sort of uh, different people in the market that are spending different you know different amounts of money. Well, like me, using me like some of the suits you've made for me, yeah. some are Italian, mm-hmm. um, and some. Uh, made in China, but some of them are Italian fabrics made in China. Correct. So you can yeah, still do correct. that, no? Yeah, 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 you can. And this is where everyone gets very confused about the construction, you know. They don't quite understand it. And I think that a lot of the time that's that's due to um, some of the competitors sort of misleading people in terms of where it's actually made, what it's made from, how it's made. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of variables from a suit, from the construction to the fabric um, and obviously where it's made. Now. Each, each suit has a different purpose, like we said. And, and like uh, you said, you've got suits in Italy and you've got suits in China. Now your Chinese suits, um, a little bit more durable. Probably won't be buying any suits from China anytime soon. Well, we've actually noticed that as a trend. A lot of people now are, are making in Italy. They're sort of trying to boycott. Um, Is that China. right? Yeah, I get yeah. it. There's two things Australians do not like at the moment. It's Dan Andrews and China. It's <laughs> 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 a joke. That's a joke. Relax, everyone. <laughs> And so you say service, everyone says service. Mm-hmm. What does that actually mean? Like, there's a big difference. Now, I know your service is amazing, but I, I would love to give some examples of what things you do because, I mean, how many companies do you say, oh, you know, you know, we're a premium company, we have great service. It's mm. like, all right, well, I don't trust that. It's not yeah. enough for me to actually trust that you have good service. How do you actually show people that? How do you actually deliver that? 100%. You know, everyone, everyone you know, barks on about service all the time. You hear it. You hear it with every single supplier, um, every single company. You know they're saying, "Oh, we got the best service. We got the best service." Look, at the end of the day, um, when people try it and they build a relationship with you, I think they really get to understand it. Um, I've I've got a client at the moment who uh, I was speaking to on the weekend, and they kept apologising to me. You know, sorry for texting you at ten pm. You know, sorry for calling you. Um, thanks, 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 all the time because we're going above and beyond. You know, half of the things that I'm giving them. I don't sell, like I, w- I was sourcing a, a brooch, a Dolce Gabbana brooch for someone. Mm. You know, all of these little things that we were going above and beyond are the things that make the difference to the customer. So, yeah, they're coming to me to buy a suit or whatever else it is, but the little extras we're adding on top for them, which is making their life easier, um, which is making their experience worth it, you know, it, it blows everything out of you know, the park when it comes to going to Tom Ford, you know, yeah, you go to Tom Ford. Tom Ford's an amazing brand. Don't get me wrong. Uh, beautiful brand, beautiful suits, uh, beautiful jackets. But actually a cub member told me um, last night on the phone that I was speaking to who's doing uh, his wedding suit with us, hopefully. <laughs> you will. I'll call him and push <laughs> him over. And um, he was saying he went into Tom Ford and he couldn't believe that for $7,900 that the suit fit like that. He said, it, it, you know, I was, I was quite shocked that it, it didn't really fit him and he didn't feel like the service was there. He goes, I prefer to pay that type of money, but go to someone who really cares, who's passionate, who, you know, will be there. And that's why we um, created something called a 100% product guarantee. So we're the only tailors, I believe, um, that offer that. So if you're not happy, okay, no problem. I'll give you your money back. 
That's know? an amazing deal. And and that's how confident we are with they, our service. And they don't have to sp- and they don't and before you had that guarantee thing, I know you were doing that to people. You've done that to me a couple mm-hmm. of, Remember that one time we had shirts and I wasn't happy with the sleeve or whatever? Yeah, and then yeah. you just ordered me yeah. new shirts. That's the type of stuff that people yeah. they don't forget. Look, mistakes happen. They yeah. always happen and they'll happen with, you know, your industry, my industry. Um they always occur. Now it's how you deal with that mistake. And I always remember I had one customer um, and look, we, we, we made a big mistake. Uh, the shirt, the shirt didn't arrive on time and it was his daughter's wedding. Now that day I ran around the city. I went into shops. I bought him off the rack um, shirts. I went to his house in Bondi. Um, we fitted them up and he turned around to me at the end of it. And um, you know, he's quite a high level client as well um, in you know, in terms of business. And he turned around and he goes, he started laughing. And I said, um, you know, what's so funny? He goes, I judge people by how they fix their mistakes. And he goes, I've never seen someone run around so much um, to give, to try and sort of make it right. And he goes, that will mean more to me. And I will tell everyone about what you've done. Even though I thought it was, you know, I was sort of shitting myself about the whole thing. He turned around and said, this is, the, this is the best thing that could have happened to you because you've proven your loyalty to me and what you're going to do to make it right. And I think also someone like that, super, super smart people, they know that shit happens sometimes. 100%. They know that humans are humans, there's mistakes made. Yep. But I think that's a fantastic lesson that really all business owners should, should consider almost teaching to the team. It's like, okay, look, obviously we're aiming to make as minimal mistakes as humanly mm-hmm. possible. But we're human. There will be some. Mm-hmm. But when we do, right, this is how we respond to it. Mm-hmm. You know, we make sure that we go above and beyond to fix that mistake. That that client knows that we really care about that mistake, and that that we want to make sure that doesn't happen again. We want to make sure that they're super happy. And I reckon that you'll that you, you like what happened to you. You'd be better off. The client mm-hmm. would be like, "Wow, look how these people are working." In you know, mm-hmm. when something's wrong. And it's very easy to shy away from mistakes, you know, like at the end of the day with our process, there is many variables that can go wrong. You know, you're ordering fabric from one person, you're making it, you're taking the measurements. If someone writes down the measurements wrong, you know, there's, there's a lot of different variables that could go wrong. But the person gets fat while the suit's exactly. on its way. There's a lot of that, you know, someone loses weight, someone puts on weight, someone's not happy with their body. You know, you've got to deal with... Uh, you know, any issues that you may make, but also any issues that happen with that six-week period of the client. And you've got to, you know, be sensitive to that. If someone's putting on weight, you can't turn around and say, mate, you know, you got fat. That's what you did to me. I know, but (laughs) (laughs) you're different. (laughs) Fluctuate like a balloon. (laughs) Look, every time I see you, your body's different size. (laughs) We've got a big wardrobe for you and a little wardrobe. (laughs) And so really... What you were saying in regards to the service is that surprise and delight. It's like you're purchasing a suit of me, but uh, I'm going to like what I do with you is like when I'm shopping and I'm not sure about a pair of shoes or a shirt or a jacket, I take a photo, send it to you. You'll say, yes, that's good. Or yes, that shoe will suit those suits that you have, those ones. It's good. You know, these are little things that, you know, that like I don't pay for and your clients don't pay for, but it's just, it's that added service onto the onto the experience 100 surprise and delight. Yeah. we we don't we don't i i always say it you like even this came one. shopping with me once yeah. to show me we don't we don't sell suits we sell the lifestyle you know whatever you want i'm there you know and it's a phone call away it's the same with you know all of our all of our staff um they're all exactly the same you know they love it they live it and they'll do whatever they can to make your life better and obviously help um help you where they can how, how much do you think a suit especially a really nice suit, a well-fitted, beautiful fabric, looking good suit. How do you think that affects the person that's wearing it? How do you think that affects their brain? I think it's all, you know, it all comes down to how you feel, right? When you feel, and and I'm sure you're the same, if you're walking into a boardroom and you feel confident in yourself, you look good, you feel confident, you'll excel. Um, there's no doubt. You know, when when you feel good, you perform good. That's my approach with everything. If if you're looking in the mirror in the morning and you put on a suit and you f- you feel like a million dollars, doesn't matter how much money you're earning, it doesn't matter what position you're in. You're walking in that room, you're closing someone. Mm. You know, end of. Mm. And there's it, actually studies that say that that's yeah, true. Yeah. And it's self-respect, right? You know, most people. Uh, um, I, I don't know the actual uh, number, but most people have decided 
if they're going to work with you within the first I don't know, 15 Five seconds or, or yeah, whatever seconds it is. So you, you can't even open your mouth before they've decided whether they're working with you or not. And prime example, I've been in meetings where I've looked at someone and go, this guy's a slob. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not working with him. I always do that. Yeah. So it's self-respect. You know, during COVID, everyone is uh, relaxed. Yeah. Everyone keeps going on to me. Oh, you know, joggers, this, joggers, that. You know, I'm casual. I, I agree. I've been in sports stuff uh, quite a lot during this time. But I'm also wearing a suit. And when I'm walking down the street, I've never been stopped so much in my life by people saying, wow, you look amazing. And I'm thinking, I'm just wearing the same suit as I, I would wear normally. I'm, I'm not really that dressed up, but it's it's a shock to people because they're, they're thinking, you know, oh, this guy's got respect for himself. You know, he's, he's willing to dress up in the morning. Or what I would think is, shit, this guy's doing super well right now hmm. because he's obviously going somewhere important. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like, oh, wow, man, maybe I wanted to be around that guy. He's doing mm. well. I want, to, I want to be doing well. I'll go talk to him. Yeah. See, see who his tailor is. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a really good point. And, and how has COVID uh, affected you guys? I mean, COVID, it would have been chaos, yeah, I can imagine. COVID, COVID is, there's, there's no denying it. It's affected everyone. Mm. Um, and anyone who sort of sits here and says, no, it hasn't, you know, the, yeah. Um, they're a very lucky don't person. Trust them. <laughs> <laughs> don't trust them. Um, I mean, it's it's affected us a lot. Uh, most of our market is the wedding market, so obviously weddings weddings being shut, um, it, it reduces a lot of uh, a lot of sales. Now, with what's going on in Melbourne, obviously that's been shut. It's it's definitely affected business. We've had to adapt. Now we've tried to adapt in certain ways, and it hasn't gone well. Um, initially, we started off um, trying to do video consultations. Now, to be honest with you, it, it, we just weren't feeling it. You know, yeah, no. we, we were trying to show customers the cloth um, over over FaceTime, and it, I I didn't like selling. I, I love selling, you know, and I I felt like I wasn't doing my job, and I didn't like it. So we ended up stopping to do that. Yeah, that would have sucked. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't have done that. Like you can't you can't feel it. You, customers need to feel the fabric. They need to see the value. They need to understand it properly and you know with me sat in in a living room showing showing some garments i just don't think it's professional and i prefer not to make any money during that period and do my job properly than to try and you know sort of half-ass it well because i think also that it's not like for me i have a lot of suits mm. from you mm -hmm. i've got at least enough for the month mm. you got about to, to what, fulfill the month yeah, 30, I got, yeah 40? So i got around around 30 suits we'd say no so I mean, I don't need more suits. No. It's not the problem. Why do I come in to, to, to see you guys? And to, it's not necessarily yeah. just for the suit. Correct. If I want a suit, I've got, I've got all yeah, the suits. Yeah, yeah. I come in because it's almost a celebration. It's yeah. almost I feel good. It's a reward for working hard and doing well. And I want to come in and I want to have a laugh with you guys. Mm -hmm. I want to go through the whole Sh you know, going through the books and showing me the mm -hmm. fabrics and and you know you guys recommending new things for me and having a scotch if I want and and uh, having a laugh and mm. you know trying on the it's things the experience and, right it yeah, goes back to experience and, and even the negotiation which <laughs> yeah. is never really that much of one but <laughs> the pretend negotiation that goes yeah. on with us like it's all part of a beautiful yeah. like romantic dance that yeah. that ends with like something really exciting and it, it, it's an experience mm. more than it is a, a product i'd say and every every garment is different right so um you know when you're coming in you're getting to choose all of those details obviously they're, they're all included in the price and um, you can really make it how you like it. And no matter whether you're spending $1,200 on a suit or $10,000 on a suit, you know, it, it, it really doesn't matter. It's like you said, it's part of that experience of coming and having a drink. And, you know, we're doing jackets, uh, chinos, overcoats, you know, so it's not just a suit. And what we're finding now, obviously with COVID as well, people are coming in for more of those casual garments because they're not in a typical suit every day, but they're in jeans and a, and a sports jacket. Mm. Well, my favorite thing that you guys have ever made me are the overcoats. Yeah, the cashmere. Yeah, I love yeah. those ones. They're, they're, yeah. I, I, will, I wear them every day during mm. for, for work in winter mm. and even what's well, before winter, autumn. <laughs> yeah, if not. Um, and what about when clients come in? Do you have a lot of people trying to negotiate with you to get a lower price on the suits, or how, how, how do you handle that? Is that a, yeah, is that a look, problem? Um, because every, sorry, only reason is because you know you can go into <clears throat> some small little tailor in you know, 
in the city or something and they might find a suit for you for 800 bucks 100 percent, for yeah. example i mean you, you, can, you can get a custom suit for cheap you yeah. know these days um it all comes down to those points at the start you know which i was saying about uh, the construction what it's made of uh, how it's made um there's there's a lot of variables that go into a suit now in terms of negotiation no we we, we don't negotiate um there's a reason behind that like we we see value in what we're offering and we know and we'll stand by that and that's why we obviously guarantee our product so what would you say to the person if i'm like oh look i say look um you know unfortunately the price is non-negotiable you know like um i can offer offer you other tailors that are a cheaper price if if, if at a lower price point yeah you know like if, if that's what you want if you want to we always start with a budget so we want to keep it reasonable for whatever they um whatever they're after now obviously sometimes that budget doesn't work someone comes in and says $500 there's no point in, in continuing the conversation but if someone comes in and they say look I want to spend $3000 I'm going to show them something at two and a half something at three something at three and a half then I'm going to explain to them the differences at each value you know each sorry each level mm. um, so once I've gone through each level with them they can actually understand it feel the cloth and see the value and then they're going to pick one of you know one of those options I think also that yeah, establishing the establishing the the base price at the start automatically saves you time because you're not dealing with time wasters. So Correct. it's like me at Cub. If if they can't uh, if they're not eligible for membership, there's no point really in meeting right now. Yeah. You know exactly. Um, so we need to find eligibility before we even meet with them. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I think is really really smart is if someone is trying to negotiate price with you, the response of look, unfortunately, this is our price. It's worth this price. We've got many happy clients. If you'd like a cheaper, if, 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 if you'd like to find someone with a lower price point, I'm more than happy to recommend two or three places for you. Um, but we, we don't do it at that price. Yep. And I reckon if someone said that to me, yeah, I'd spend it. double. Yeah, It's a sales tactic. Yeah, it, it's a, but, it, but it's also honest. It's yep. also being honest. And, and the, it also shows confidence in your product and in yourself. 100%. The amount of people that have gone away and ended up going with a cheaper option and coming back and saying, look, you know, can you help me? Uh, you know, I fucked up. Mm. You know, can you fix this? This is wrong. I need to remake it. They end up spending more money, mm. um, number one. And number two, like you almost, you sort of want them to do that so they understand it and then they're a client for life. Yeah. You know, you've been honest with them. You've told them the truth. You know, they can go on. They can look at reviews. Like uh, that's the best thing. We always say to people, go and suss other tailors out. Don't just go to one place. Go to other people and go with your gut. You know, if it's a wedding suit, it's it's a big day. Hopefully you're only getting married once. It's too expensive to do yeah, it a few times. A few times. Um, you know, so make sure you get it right. Make sure you do the research. Third. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the difference between – because the other thing is that – like the other issue with your industry is that to the layman's eye – they can't see the difference between the cheap suit, the the the, the suit, the, the six hundred dollar suit, and the fifteen hundred dollar suit. Mm. Right? They don't really know. If you didn't know any better, when you put it on, obviously I know because I've yeah. worn them. You know, when you put a suit on, it's well done suit. Mm. It feels mad. Mm -hmm. You feel like a legend. Yeah. And and, but really, you know, to the eye. They don't really know the craftsmanship. They're not seeing it in Italy, or they, they they don't know, right? All they're seeing is just the outside of the suit, the color, and the, yep. the the way it fits. So, I mean, if it were me, the biggest point, in, and this is why I reckon you grew so fast. The biggest, um, along with partnerships, we should we should talk about later on because you were fantastic at that the whole mm -hmm. through your through your career as well. But the biggest uh, point of difference that you can make um, with with customers looking to purchase suits for whatever reason especially weddings which you said is your primary reason is the experience mm -hmm. you can offer a, a, a different experience to and they will see that experience it's something that they will realize right away from <clears throat> stepping into the store yep. straight away that's different doesn't matter what the suit looks like you can't even see the suit anyway because yeah. you get it later on so really you can't even sell it on the suit you have to sell it on the experience you're selling yourself as well yeah you know like when people are when people are coming in they're buying into you you know they're having a look at you and they're seeing how well you're dressed they're seeing the reviews they're they're seeing the shop you know there's a lot of variables that are coming into their decision process of who they're going with um obviously we spend a lot of time explaining to the customer as well you know the construction and what goes into the garment 
because it's very important. You know, if if you're going to get a cheap suit, they're going to use fusing, um, which is uh, the gluing of the canvas, um, which is going to bubble. You know, so when they're dry cleaning it, it's it's not going to come out very nicely. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, if you're using top level construction, full canvas, uh, etc., you're not going to get those problems. So this is another thing that we try and educate our clients to understand different cloths. Not necessarily um, are they best for the finer cloths, just like you. You're a prime example. You know, mm-hmm. you're very rough with your clothes. I've never seen anyone so rough with your clothes. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. You always say that to me, but I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know you, how. You, you put a jacket so on and you wrestle yourself into it. How else you put it on? on? <laughs> Otherwise, you could put your arms back yeah, and you put it on like a gentleman, <laughs> not like you're going into a ring and <laughs> you're going to fight. Do you remember the one time you I was putting yeah. on? A, I was putting on a shirt, but I don't. I never yeah. knew the buttons could take so long, so I <laughs> slipped put it, it on like a t-shirt. And the whole thing ripped. I was like, oh shit. You were like, what? I said, what are you doing? <laughs> that's a brand new shirt. And he go, that's how I put my clothes on. I was like, it's not a t-shirt. You know? like, undo the buttons. Oh, it takes too long. Uh, it does. It does. I'll buy another one. It does. Well, I'll give you a tip with the shirt. See these, but this, you made this shirt for me. Yeah. See how it's a thin button. It's long. Yeah, the pearl button. Yeah. They're much better than the ones that you do that are small and thick. Those yeah. ones are the worst because you can't get them out and shit like that. You, yeah. you can't. It's Everyone's very funny with buttons, you know, and that's, again, it comes down to custom, you know, custom design. So I like the thin buttons. Some people like the fat buttons. Yeah. Some people find it easier to undo. And yeah. I find it up. easier to undo the thin yeah. buttons. And, and then there's, yeah. So that's what I think. That's, that, that's in my opinion, that's why I think you had such fast growth it was the experience that you nailed i loved going to you guys i also love that you guys would come to my apartment bring everything and if i was busy you could come here and set it up and it was fun too but but you are also along with being a master of the experience it could be called service but i would really call it the experience Mm. you're you're also which i almost think is probably even better quality that you have master relationships Mm. You've got, you know, your clients, mm. you know, individually what they want. You, we, you name each of my suits so that when you talk about the suit, which one I should wear for what you can call it by its name. I like, that's pretty cool. They, yeah. That's a very close relationship. You literally know the suits I have and what they're called. Yeah. I mean, the, the main aim is to understand what is in your wardrobe. So it doesn't matter whether it's from us or from somewhere else. Um, we want to understand your wardrobe inside out. So when I'm making a recommendation on you, I can guide you to buy something that's versatile for your wardrobe that you're going to use. I don't, I don't, I don't want to sell you something that is going to be uh, irrelevant in, in six months. I want you to get good use out of it because every time you put it on, you're going to say, oh, that's the bespoke corner. Mm. Um, you know, so that's what our aim is. So when I understand what's in your wardrobe, I can then really guide you in the correct direction. Because really that decreases the cost <laughs> though for the customer because if I spend $2,000 but I wear something twice a year, it's cost me $1,000 a year. Yeah. But if I wear it, yeah, ten times a year, mm-hmm, it's only mm-hmm. two hundred bucks. But if you per, wear it, if you wear it ten times, it's better for me because you're also then remembering. You know, every time you look at that hanger in the wardrobe, and that's the right reason why we spend the extra money. You know, those hangers cost They're nice hangers. Tw- you know, twenty dollars a hanger. Mm. Uh, the reason why we do that is because all of these little details. You know, when you're seeing it in your wardrobe and it's hung up and it's the best hanger in your wardrobe, you're getting ah, oh, that's the bespoke corner. Yeah, you know, so it's these little things that are constant reminders. Um, and it, and it leads into everything, you know, we use that for, we use Salesforce. So, um, Salesforce prompts us, you know, with everything in your wardrobe. So I've got everything listed in there, what you've bought from us, what you've got from other companies. Really? I can make recommendations to you, um, from my phone, sat on the beach or on my new jet ski. Um, And I can tell you, um, exactly what you should be buying next. And what do you, how often do you contact your clients? Because your clients are quite high end clients. A Mm. lot of them. And so obviously I'm assuming they're going to want some personal. It, it depends on the tier of uh, client that you are, but our, our sort of VIPs, we're touching base with them, you know, very regularly. Yep. Um, and we're, we're making recommendations. We're also sending them swatches to the house. So they, um, they can see new collections. We'll hand pick those cloths for them. So I'll look at your profile. If you're always picking Navy pinstripes, I'm going to send you three different Navy pinstripes every time the season comes out. That is cool. Yeah. So we're, and what ends up happening is that goes in a drawer. Um, you know, they're, they're in their office. They've got, uh, maybe a tuxedo fabric. They know that they've got a ball in, um, you know, three months and they go, Hey, you know, that's what you sent me. Um, I love it. Can you make it for me in a, a you know, um, a tuxedo because I've got a ball in three months. That is very cool. You know what I love that you did to <clears> me? <throat> you sent me the, the suit 
sized pocket. Yeah, the uh, fragrance. Fragrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that was amazing because I yeah. actually liked it. I ended up buying the bottle from you. Yeah. But um, it fits in your suit pocket and you've always got that. That yep. was a really cool touch. It's a business card, you know, like at the end of the day, everyone flicks business cards to everyone. Mm. Um, personally, I don't really like giving out business cards. Yeah, I, um, I like giving out things different that people are going to get uh, value from, you know, so like the fragrance, you know, it's it's a pocket size. Normally, you know, females carry it around with them, mm-hmm. but guys also want to have a quick spray and smell good. Um, Is it's that got, where you got the idea? Is that what girls do? Yeah, a lot of girls do. I didn't know that. I actually got the idea from, you know, back in the day when when, when you're in uh, nightclubs and bars and you go into the toilet and you got a guy that's giving you all of the fragrance. Oh, yeah. In London, you mean? Yeah, Not in London, Australia. Yeah. They, don't yeah. <laughs> they don't have that over here. Yeah. They, they should probably do that over yeah. here. Yeah, Labor's um, too expensive. And uh, you, you you go into the bathroom, you know, you spray, you come out, you feel great, you know. Like what happens if you're going into a meeting and you've got this little pocket-sized thing, you pull it out, you've got it in the car. Um, mm. Also, it's a good way of giving out, oh, try this fragrance. It's got your branding on it. Yeah. So when someone smells it, they go, oh, I don't know what it is. Oh, then they've got to call me to oh, ask yeah. me, just like you did. You go, hey, I love that fragrance. Can, can, can you get it for me? That's I said, clever. yeah, no problem. You know, $300. That's clever. But um, – but more so than that, I think also it just adds to your experience that you're created. Mm. Like it was an experience getting it. Mm. At first I was like, what is this thing? Because it looks weird. It's like yeah. a little tube. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, what? And then I realized what it was. And then I liked the smell. And then I thought, oh, well, this is like it, mm. it just it reminded me. It's touching base. Of, yeah, you know, touching it's all base. of these like little touch uh, touch points, right? So over over COVID, um, we we've had a lot more time on our hands, right? So we've done the tasks that we've always wanted to do but we haven't had time you know we run a very um tight operation so um you know the team that we have is very small and we run at full capacity all the time so all of these little tasks that you want to get around to doing sometimes you don't have time to do it so this has been a good time to sort of take a step back um understand what we need to do to improve the experience improve everything um and get on with some of these tasks that you don't necessarily want to do so um over this period we've redone our website which has given the ability for people to book online now so people can directly book into our calendars they can select the tailor that they want that will improve obviously um i can't believe you didn't have that before yeah i mean we we never did it and sweet to be honest with you um we always like the fact that someone wrote in their name and then we contacted them so we could, you know, sort of uh, understand their needs, work it out so that when they did come in, we were more prepared rather than someone just booking in, rocking up and saying, you know, hey, and we, you know, we're trying to understand what they want. But how that. do you vet the client then before they come in? <clears throat> so that's what we used to do when we called them. Now they book in and then they get a call 48 hours after. So after within, they book in? Yeah, within 48 hours, they're getting a call from the You could just also add could just also add your yeah, how much you, you oh we've got all of that budget we've got all of that but week. it's very generic you know you want to understand okay you know if someone's getting married where are they getting married is it santorini yeah. you know um what, what do they do for work you know uh, are they having any issues with their current suits again so the make recommendations and yeah. also starting that relationship <clears throat> and then if you call me and speak to me on the phone then i go in and i get to see you yep. i already know you i feel a bit more comfortable yep. you already know all about me you interested me on the phone yep i mean we do that at cub before they meet, so obviously, like as, as you know, every member um, uh, must be met with a, one of the directors before they're invited to join. Before we, they even come in for the meeting, we, we, we call them first and we just, you know, see if they're eligible. Well, I think you've got it right. right. You've got to understand what, the, what, you yeah. know, what, what are they Why coming they're in interested, for? What they're, tell me yeah. about your business, what's going on. It just, it just it builds that rapport before you've actually met. Yep. And so when they come in, like what I I know the process, but when you walk through the process of actually how someone creates, you know, their suit or their tux with you, and like what's the experience? What what are the steps? So um, I guess step one is obviously they they, they make a booking online. Uh, we'll we'll call them up, understand their requirements, um, whether it's a wedding suit, business suit, or coats or whatever it is. They'll come in for a consultation. Um, we sit them down. Uh, obviously, they have a whiskey or a coffee. Coffee whatever they whatever they want um then we'll talk them through the process so we'll explain the differences between production um we'll show them garments so they can really see the detail um and be comfortable with the quality and then uh we obviously select the fabric 
So we'll run through different fabrics at different price points depending on their budget. And they're books. So they're like they're actually fabric books. So you've yeah. got the different books from different suppliers, I assume. Yeah. And you flick through the book, which has the each page is a piece of is a, exactly. is a yeah, fabric. Yeah. And it's really fun to go through those. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, you know, for a lot of people, they want something different. You know, they don't want to just walk down the street wearing a suit like everyone else. You know, if you're picking something off the rack, um, you know, the chances a lot of people are going to be wearing the same suit. So the the great thing about it is it's completely individual for you. It's, you know, it's, it's for your body shape. Mm. Um, so you can pick everything from, you know, the lapels, the buttons, um, all of the styling options, which we go through with the customer and explain the differences and what would suit their body shape. Now, certain body shapes don't don't fit, um, you know, certain uh, style options. Now, we explain that to them and and sort of guide them through what we would recommend for them. Um, then we move on to the measurement process. So we take 36 measurements over their body. Um, that gives us an indication of everything. We take a couple of pictures of them as well, just, you know, so that we can see their posture and things like that. So we can, um, send this to the factory and they, they really understand, you know, that person, um, and that person's body shape. Wow. It's not just a number, you know, like you're not just a, a number. They know you as a customer, you know, they can see your face, they can see your body, they can see your measurements. Um, it's very precise. Then um, they're waiting uh, roughly four to six weeks. Yeah, so we ask that. So then the suit comes back. Then we do a second fitting. So during the second fitting, we try it on them, make sure that the suit fits perfectly. If there's any adjustments, we do that ourselves um, in Sydney, and that takes about two three days turnaround time. Because yeah, there's always got to be something small to. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, if you put on a bit of weight, you lose a bit of weight. We'll change something if we you know, have a look at it and there's something we want to change. And normally it's us who's actually making the changes, not necessarily the client because we want them to walk out looking their best. So we're turning around saying, look, we just want to tweak this little thing. Um, then we update that on their profile. So when they come back, they can, as long as they're the same shape, they can just reorder again. That's super cool. And, 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 and the attention to detail is just really cool in that mm. because that's what again if you're going to buy a nice suit it is the details yeah it's going to personalize you know they we put their initials in it like you said we can we can name, name your suit. suits um you come up with some My suits pretty, have some whack names yeah <laughs> uh, pretty pretty random names um and then it's just all those little details that count you know makes it makes it different i think something also that like that's interesting about your style of business and a lot of people's style of business including Cubs actually, is that if, like for you, getting your clients in regularly is quite a difficult task mm. because how often, you, I mean, you don't go suit shopping super regularly. It's not like a haircut, mm. for example. And uh, like at Cub, we base everyone's, well, we know our renewal rates based on our engagement levels of each member. So we have to measure that and we have to give them reasons to come in and we have to get them to come in and organize and blah, blah, blah. And that's why we have call. But Really, like you guys should be thinking more like what's a way we can get our clients in the shop more frequently, not even for a suit, yep. just so that they're coming in. Have you ever done any thinking about that? Yeah, yeah. There's there's lots of things that we've been um, trying to do like uh, over this period while we've been looking for a new showroom um, to make the experience better. We were going to put a barber shop in there, you know, because – uh, similar to you, we both go to the same uh, hairdresser um, and we go every week. You know, we go every week. If there was a barbershop in our shop, then uh, essentially people are going to see, you know, a new denim shirt or a new sports jacket or something. It's an excuse for them to see it and go, oh, actually, I'll grab that while I'm here. And if I'm in just in a good mood that day, yep. I made some cash and I'm getting a haircut. You're ready to I'll, go. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, exactly. You're feeling good from yeah, your haircut. I really think that that's a good idea. But you're not, you're not doing that? We're not going to do that in this space. Um but there is certain things, you know, obviously um, events that, that we do regularly for our customers, little tastings, cigar tastings, whiskey tastings, things like that. Mm -hmm. And also there's little touch points of the marketing things like um, the perfume and the swatches and all of these little things that are constantly reminding people. Um, I, I call a lot of people, you know, so uh, every day I'm calling someone, you know, uh, I'm touching base with a couple of people just in my personal phone book just to see how they are. So every um, day you call, you told me before you call two clients a day. Not clients actually. I call I call two uh, friends 
Oh, okay. Two friends a day yeah. at the moment over this COVID period just to check in. Haven't called me in a while. Because oh, no, yeah. <laughs> your phone always goes to voicemail. Yeah. That's because I'm on it. Three days. because I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone, how do you change that? Everyone keeps complaining to me that my phone doesn't ring. It yeah. just goes boop and it's because I'm on the phone. And then you told me that you don't want people to leave voicemails. <laughs> I don't want them to leave voicemails because I don't listen to voicemails and if they left the voicemail, yeah. then they'll be disappointed because I'm not going to listen to them. I'm not going to get back to them. I'd rather <laughs> them just try call back or text me. Yeah, or not I bother. Think, or not bother. <laughs> Is that the avenue you do? So and no, I, 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 call the, I call the two friends a day. That's to check in on them, see if I can help in any way. That keeps the relationship nice and fresh with friends and, and with clients. Yeah. And then um, we call clients regularly. You know, we, we, we're doing 30, 40 calls a day. So um, that's- To clients. To clients, to existing clients to check in on them. So checking oh, in on their business, checking in on if we can assist in any way. Obviously, we're we're associated with some uh, some pretty good circles over the over the years, and we can connect a lot of people. You know, so if there's certain things that is going on in their life, just like you, we can connect them to the right people. So if, for example, I'm looking for a new accountant, um, who do I who do I call? I called you, mm-hmm. right? And then and then you sent me to another member. Mm-hmm. So similar situation for us, we're connecting people together. Um, and I found that this this is a really good time for us to build that relationship that is not involved in um, a suiting transaction or or a garment it transaction. Deepens the relationship exactly, yeah. and it's it's not like they owe you a favor, but it shows that you actually give a fuck about them. Yeah, and they trust you a hundred percent. And yeah. they trust you because they're listening to you outside of yeah, you know, the, the typical realm of what you were providing. Yep. And but that brings us back to the relationship building. You are. I mean, you did that so well. You were out. You were socializing. I remember. I remember those days when you were a little when, bit too much. Yeah, <laughs> when you're expanding <coughs> the, your network and and um, in carbon and out, outside of carbon. Mm. When you were just getting in those circles, how did you do that? What What was the process? What did you do? Because it happened relatively fast for you. I yeah. mean, it took a couple of years, but of hard work. But um, it, I mean, no other tailor was able to mm. to, to do what you did. I think, um, I mean, I, ca- I came over from England, right? Uh, it's about 11 years ago now. So when I came here, I-, I didn't know anyone. I knew, you know, maybe a couple of people. Um, so over time, I knew I had to sort of put myself in uncomfortable positions to uh, try and expand my network, to try and get, you know, uh, involved in a lot of different circles. Now, recently, I pulled back a little bit from that uh, in terms of in terms of going to events and and doing all of that. Um, but at the start, i was I was just focused on just meeting meeting as many people as I could, whether it was in a networking event, whether it was in a bar, wherever it was, I was just talking to people, associating in the right circles, trying to do the right thing by people, um, and just slowly building that network. and and like I said, just touching base with people. Um, who, who who opened Melbourne first, you or me? I think. It was around the same time. Because do you remember when you were first showing me South Yarra, which I had never been yeah. to, you walked through the street into every <laughs> restaurant and everybody knew. Yeah. Every <laughs> restaurant owner, every like everybody knew The it. king of South Yarra. You were the king of South <laughs> That's what I called you. Because every walk in the street, everyone said, hey, Miles, are you going? I couldn't believe how many people knew. Yeah. And uh, you told me, I said, wow. Yeah. And you told me. That when you got there for the first month, you walked into every shop and introduced yourself to every owner yeah. up the whole entire street, and obviously you remembered them because mm-hmm. because uh, you kept saying hello and you kept seeing them, and you said that if I'm going to dinner, I'm going to dinner to the restaurant near my shop, yeah. so that way they I support them, they're going to support me. Hundred percent. That is next level stuff. Support local. I'm you know, far too lazy for that. That is next level. You know, when I when we moved to Melbourne again, uh, Melbourne was completely fresh to us, and I think we went in a little bit blind to Melbourne. To be mm-hmm. honest, uh, looking back on it now, I remember uh, Rami and I were speaking, and we said, "Look, let's do Melbourne," and we were like, "Yeah, yeah, great. You know, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be easy. We'll walk in, boom, we'll start selling," and. We signed the lease. I walked in there. I remember the first day I walked in there and and the shell was empty. And I just went, fuck, what am I going to do? Like I, I, I didn't have a game plan, you know, and I was literally like, how am I going to find these people? I don't know anyone here. And I used to reach out to people and it sounds really weird, but um, I'd reach out to people on LinkedIn. I'd reach out, you know, hey, let's grab a beer. Let's grab a beer. Anyone that was worth meeting, I was meeting them. Mm. And I was working out a way how to get to them to meet them. And you were um, making a lot of phone calls too. A hundred percent, yeah. I was making what, two, maybe two hundred phone calls a day. See, like I was, I was ruthless on the phone, and you know, I was getting a lot of abuse as well. People, say, oh, you know, why are you calling me? I don't, I don't want to speak to you. Blah blah. blah. And I just kept going and going. Every day, I used to think, right, it's a new day. Let's go. 
let's see how many calls. And I used to laugh, you know, at how I would flick through my phone and just see just numbers and numbers and numbers. And, and like I said, um, like I said earlier about going into all of these places, I used to go in, buy people coffees in, in bloody shops up the road, you know, so everyone remembered who I was, but whenever, whenever I walked that street, yeah, everyone was saying, Oh, Hey, miles, 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 you know, all the time. But it built this relationship that when I was in a coffee shop, someone would grab me and say, Hey, you got to meet this guy. You got to meet this guy. You got to meet this guy. So then all of the locals that were living in the area, which was a, an affluent area, He's an affluent area. were then, were then uh, coming to purchase from me. And that was purely because that guy who works in the coffee shop, you know, I was, you know, being nice to every day. I was going there. I was supporting them, you know, and, and when we were living together down there, you know, we spent a fortune. Do you remember that? I forgot we lived yeah. together. We spent a fortune on places around there and, and it, it all, you know, it all comes back to you eventually, you know, in, when you, when you secure an area like that, just like what we're doing with Paddington, you know, when, when you're. Uh, the person of, of a certain area, everyone thinks of you, you know, you're first of mind. If you want to suit our oh, miles, you know, um, if, if you want um, to join a, a business club, you know, people are thinking of you, you're the first person that comes to mind. And it's social proof. It's the best way to market. If, if someone's introducing you to them and you know, the other good thing about you is that whenever you walk down the street, you always stand out because you're always wearing a wicked suit. You know, you always look beautiful. And so it's easy to spot you. Mm. You know, you're not hard to, you, you, yeah, yeah. You, you're not easy to miss. And we you try to do that right? with our style. You know, we try to push the boundaries a little bit. We're not, a, a, you know, a sort of um, conservative tailor in terms of, you know, we're not plain. We're, we're wearing bold colors, you know, just like this jacket we made you, you know, mm-hmm. um, the maroon. And we, we're wearing things that are a little bit more out there. So people really can spot us compared to everyone else. It's hundred percent. You stand out, mm. and also you stand out for reason of your brand. You're doing, you know, you're doing the thing. I completely forgot <laughs> that we lived together for a while. Do you know why? I reckon never saw I saw you less. <laughs> yeah, because you work ridiculous. You work ridiculous hours, and I was traveling back and forth. Yeah, um, so much. I mean, I can remember two nights. <laughs> with you he's the most add person you've ever met in your <laughs> life i'd sit on the couch he'd like store he'd get home from work at like nine he would literally storm in he'd get scared because i bought a, I bought a giant bronze gorilla and put it at the front <laughs> door so he'd always go ah! whenever he walked in the door then he would look at me he'd start yammering on about something and then he would just pace the living room about <laughs> 60 times while he's talking i'm sitting there like bro i was watching a tv show <laughs> What are you doing? Get it. Get my, your room. My, my wife always says that to me. She's like, "You're gonna, you're gonna burn out the uh, the floorboards." You know, <laughs> I, I, I just walk up and down, up and down, up and down. I'm on the phone. You know, she goes, "Can you just put your phone down?" You know, and it's from the minute, and this this is not a good thing, but from the minute I open my eyes to the minute I get to bed, I'm on the phone. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm responding to someone. I'm calling someone. I'm I'm doing something, but it's like a like an addiction, right? I'm just addicted to doing something. Do you remember the day I bought that gorilla? Oh, and you walked Christ. in. Wow! He walked in. He almost fell down. And the guy, the it's guy, a life-size <laughs> bronze gorilla. <laughs> and the guy calls me and he goes, he goes, "Hey, I've got a delivery." And he goes, "Can you come back?" And I said, "Um, I said, look, I'm in the middle of something. Can you give me like, can't you just leave it there?" He goes, "No, no, no, we can't leave it here." <laughs> and I, I went right, okay. Look, give me ten minutes. So I, I ran back to the apartment. <laughs> I opened the door and I, and I looked at the guy and I went, what is that? He goes, oh, Daniel, Daniel came into the shop and uh, he liked the look of it. So he ordered it. And, um, the, uh, and then I said, all right, okay, all good. And then another guy said, oh, you know, Daniel, do you like it? And he obviously thought I was you. Yeah. And I said, yeah, yeah, it's not bad, but um, I need a bigger one. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, can you find out from the guy if, if he's got anything bigger? <laughs> And this was the biggest bloody gorilla I've ever seen. It's life every, every It's life It's bigger than me. Every time I came in that in, in that bloody house, I shot myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did? Because I moved out of that building was amazing that we were in. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a that Chapel, was a, um what was it called? Um, I can't remember. That was an amazing building. Yeah. That was a nice building I ever lived in. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um but uh, obviously then I, I moved closer to my office because I was getting sick of driving back and forth from South Yarra. So I moved mm. into the city. And I just got out of that apartment and I just moved Thor, which is the name of my gorilla, yeah. into um, 
into the office in, in the, the Melbourne clubhouse and I put him right next to the front desk, so right next to Holly. So when people walk into the to, – to like when they first walk into Cub, the first thing they see is this giant bronze gorilla <laughs> guarding Holly, <laughs> our community manager in Melbourne. <laughs> I remember like when you had a few too uh, – too many whiskeys. You used to come back and cuddle, <laughs> cuddle the bloody gorilla. Put a hat on him. Give him. Came in once. It I had still, it had my overcoat on it. <laughs> I, ne- I still I pat made, him every time. Yeah. I, every time I get home, I say, "Hey, Thor, and I pat him on the head." We both went through pretty similar things. We were doing super well in Sydney, and we thought, "Yeah, mad, let's go expand to Melbourne." And I mean, one of the cool things about us is that we really have gone through the whole journey together. Together, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. We've done, and we've almost done everything at the same times. Yep, and. Uh, isn't that special though? Like the fact that Cub gave us that relation. I mean, Cub's given yeah. Cub's blessed me with so many amazing relationships and friends, yeah. and great friends. But it's just so cool to, that, that that happened. But we both went to Melbourne, and I know for me, Melbourne was very hard because I did not know anyone. Yeah, we were the same. I remember when we had the had the conversation initially, and we said, "Look, how do you break into a market that you don't know anyone?" Mm. And, and we used to brainstorm. I remember you used to call me and say, hey, what, what about this? What about, what are you doing? And I was saying, what are you doing? Mm. You know, and we were trying to work out because essentially we're the same audience, right? We're targeting the same audience, mm. um, people with money. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, the good audience. <laughs> <laughs> the only audience you want to target. Um, you know, so, so we were targeting the same people and we were coming up with ways of, okay, how, how can we get to that person? You know, how can we interact when we don't have anything in common with them? And what we are. I don't watch AFL. No, and neither do I. I don't even know what. what Yes, but you went as far as to know which team to pretend to go for. And I remember that you could talk some lingo. I was like, what? I'm just, I'm just good at talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember when we were, even when we were going through it and everyone kept saying um, to us, you know, oh, what school did you go to? Because in Melbourne, they all all talk about schools, you know, oh, what school did you go to? And I was saying, I go to England. What what relevance is what school (laughs) I go to? You know, I was thinking. What did you eat for breakfast? I went to school so long ago. It didn't make any, any sense to me. And then I understood, I had a guy um, who owned a um, Mercedes garage down there. And he said to me, you, you won't understand Melbourne. Um, he goes, it's different to Sydney. And I said, how, how different can it be? And he goes, Miles, it's all about the relationship. He goes, you need to care for people. When you care for people, they will keep coming back and they'll spend more than people in Sydney. Mm. And I completely agree with it. The loyalty of a customer in Melbourne is much more superior than Sydney. And they and, and the repeat customers, uh, it's through the roof in Melbourne. But to get to that stage, I mean, we're dancing a lot, you know, back mm. and forward. I, I said to you, I said half of the time I felt like I was dating all these guys. Mm. I was taking them for dinner, taking them for coffee, and they still weren't <laughs> buying anything. I said, what do I, you know, it's what do I need to do? You know, I was on the third date. I was trying to close them, and I was getting nowhere. You know, I was. Uh, it, it's it's a different ball game, and I know when we were talking about that, it's a different approach. Yeah, 100%. Well, even for us, I've, I always found that the Melbourne members, the, our Melbourne community, was way more social than our Sydney community. In that they, they would want to come in and they, yeah. not even have a business thing. They just want to come in for a barbecue. Like we'd have yeah, Friday barbecues. Yeah, well, and, they want to have a drink. Yeah, they just want to hang they out. They want to drink on wanna, a Monday in yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but they, they don't drink it. like Sydney. They drink different. No, 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 no. Melbourne people don't drink in the quantity. No, they drink more regularly. Drinking. Yeah, they'll yeah. have wine here, beer here. Whereas when Sydney people, they yeah. work Monday to Thursday and trashed. then they get trashed from Friday yeah. to Sunday. <laughs> you know, it's a different in the culture. There's a difference. You need the balance, eh? Yeah, yeah. Get trashed from Thursday. Thursday to a Sunday. <laughs> in the middle. Give but, it give it a break on the but start of it. It is it's interesting how a state can be two states, mm. the two big states in the country can be so and what about that the absolute horrendous situation that Melbourne's in mm. at the moment? Like it is truly mm. I feel so bad for for because I, I speak to the members there mm. and I speak to our team there. And these people have been in jail. Yeah. For like nine months. That's terrible. You know, like the, the situation of, you know, especially, I mean, I'm speaking from, from the retail and service uh, side, you know, the way that it is been handled is, is crazy. And, you know, I feel, I feel sorry for um, our uh, operational director down there, you know, um, the guy's eager to work, you know, he, he wants to get back into it. We've got customers calling and, and he sat on his hands. He can't do anything, you know, like, um, Unbelievable. I, th- I think, the the best thing about COVID is the only good thing uh, for me that I've noticed is it gives you time to reflect, especially on team members, how important they are. And, you know, um, 
how much they're willing to give for the business, you know, which is very, very important to understand the loyalty you've got from your staff um, and w- the, how, how far they're willing to go for your business. Yeah, I said that to the team. Mm. I said that at the start of COVID, I said, oh, sorry, what did I say, Laura? I said um, that now we, like, now you can see who's in. Yeah, right? who's in, yeah. yeah who's yeah, in. You, yeah. Uh, look, look at their commitment in a hard time. They, they work twice as hard for in a worse situation because yeah. we're in lockdown, we're doing this, and, and they're still there. Yeah. That means that you as the business owner, you need to have their back, you, yeah. no matter what. They've had 100%. yours, and now 100%. it's rece- and and you've, you're you're in this beautiful dance of trust yeah. now that you you stuck yeah. together. You and it's you built. It's element. built. You've been to war thing. together. Yeah, it's built this thing that's unbelievable because when you when you're communicating with them, it is it is trust, you mm. know. And 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 we've said it, you know, to our staff. We said, look, this is the worst time, you know, but we're here for you. You know, we're losing out, uh, obviously, a lot of money, um, but we're here for you, and whatever happens, we'll get through this together. And um, out of everything, that's one thing I've taken from this this whole experience um, is it's been really nice to sort of get to know them even more and that and their commitment to us. Yeah, and and what's been your attitude to the whole situation in general? Because obviously you're in you got a double whammy mm. because Italy and China got smashed first, which yep. are your two where you make your suits. We've had this from Jan- so this started in January for us. Yeah, see that I remember, I remember and. Didn't you fly to Italy at one point? Yeah, and um, yeah, so you, 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 that you're in the retail space, which obviously mm. got annihilated as well, and the wedding thing. Mm. So you're in a tough situation. Yeah, uh, I don't mean to be making you depressed right now. <laughs> you're in a tough situation, but mm. what I want to know from you is you must have a sick, sick mind, a great attitude, because you instead of folding. Went and got a three times bigger showroom. Yeah. What was the what, what was going through your head? Look, um, I'm not going to sit here and say that my mind's great because uh, no, I called it sick. <laughs> yeah. is, is sick good or sick bad? It can be both. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's it's been hard and it's it's been very hard um, to adjust to these times. Uh, obviously, like what we discussed over breakfast today, um, and every day I've got up and said, "Look, it's a new day. It's a new day. Let's go." Uh, it's time, you know, and and you're gonna have your ups, you're gonna have your downs. Uh, there's been a lot of downs, but the only way that you know, when when we speak to the team, the only thing that we keep saying is that. And actually, your dad told me this. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, your dad told me this. Um, it must be about four years ago mm-hmm. when we first uh, joined Cub. That would have been five years ago. Five years ago, yeah. and we're five now. He said, "Oh, it's crazy." Yeah. And he said to me, "He goes, Miles, in bad times, the people go all in." And he goes, and when they go all in, they capture more of the market. And he kept saying that, you know, like it's these times that separate the boys and the men. Mm. Um, and and I keep going after that sort of mentality of, look, yeah, it's not a great time. You know, we built a new website, great, tick. You know, that's that's one thing to improve the experience. We've now gone and got a new showroom. We got a new production in China, which we've got exclusivity over. Um, so we've actually made a lot of moves that we really wanted to make, but we didn't essentially have the time to do it. By going all in, yeah, we're risking a lot, um, but we're also going to come out of this and we will come out being very, very strong. You know, we will dominate the market now. And by doing these little steps now, yeah, we're risking a lot of our personal uh, money by injecting more into it. However, we believe in the brand. We believe in what we're doing. Uh, we love what we're doing. We're not we're not shying away from anything. We're all in for our customers. We want to keep, you know, seeing our friends and customers and we want to keep growing the brand. And that's why we're, we're all in. And I have absolutely no doubt about that because I know how passionate you are and I know how hard you work. Mm. And you've done some of the, like for a young brand, you've hustled your way into some of the biggest, best partnerships with some of the biggest and best brands on the planet. No, you've done partnerships with Rolls Royce. Uh, you done did you did one with Louboutin? Yeah, Christian Louboutin. Um, um, uh, anyone, anyone else? Uh, Balvini. Yeah, we've done we've done a lot. I mean, we we looked at the approach of um, leveraging off brands that have already been established and already well, you know, uh, well respected in the market. So we picked we picked the ideal brands that we wanted to work with, and then we just went for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, you know, it wasn't easy. It, the Rolls Royce was the prime example. You know, that was our, that, I guess, that was our hardest partnership to get over the line because 
they, you know, every meeting we had, they, they were saying to us, why would we go with a brand like yours? Mm. You know, your brand's new. Um, it's very small. We, you know, we're, you know, we're one of the best brands in the world. Why wouldn't we just go with a Tom Ford or, you know, a brand like that? Mm. And the way I pitched to them is I said, you're not, you're not thinking outside the box. And they were like, what do you mean? I said, well, what's, you know, if you go in partnership with um, Tom Ford or someone, what are they really going to do for you? You know, as opposed to someone like myself, who's, you know, fresh, hungry, ready to go. You know, I said, um, I managed to get uh, American Express uh, black card on board as well. So they came on board. Um, we threw a big event. They sold two cars on the night. So they sell, ten, you know, something like 10 cars, um, 10 cars a year. And uh, they ended up getting two deposits on on that evening. Um, and that was because we're, we're all connected to the same audience. You know, we're, we, we've got the same sort of clientele. So um, by them thinking outside the box a little bit, all they're trying to do is get people to see their cars. Their cars do the talking for them. Um, so it was just a, a good chance for us to throw an event, be associated with a brand like that, which elevated our profile like crazy. Um, we launched a, a special range of jackets which sold out. Yeah, you um, launched Rolls Royce yeah, tuxedos. Yeah, right? we did. Um, we did two different designs of tuxedos, and we did thirty of each, custom um, made in Italy. So they all, they all sold out. They were uh, four thousand a jacket, I believe, mm -hmm. three thousand nine hundred ninety-five. Um, Which is actually not that bad for a Rolls no, no, no. Tuxedo. And and that was the reason, you know, just because we were associated with um, with that company. Again, we didn't want to rip off the customer and, and be charging a stupid amount mm. for this jacket. And a lot of people, um, that jacket was sold not just on the night, it was sold after as well. And a lot of people ended up purchasing that. Um, and they thought it was value for money for what they were getting. It had it had details of the car in it, um, you know, from the from the stars, from the velvet that they use. Um, there was there was a lot of detail that went into that sort of collaboration. And that was that was by far the best thing we've done. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. So do you think that, do you think that by being associated with such a ultra high luxury brand that could affect people's perception on what they can buy from you? For example, like people might think, oh, then I can't go get a $1,500 suit because they're only, you know, they're a Rolls Royce. It's, it's not a Mercedes. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, you, you're always gonna, there's a very, very fine line between being too luxe and, um, you know, and and sort of catering to catering to everyone. Now, everyone obviously wants to be very, um, very high end all the time. You know, everyone's focused on that. You have to be very careful because you know we still sell twelve hundred dollars suits, so we don't want to put that customer off. Um, but it's also very nice to be associated with brands and people like that because um, at the end of the day, people people buy people, right? So if you know that I'm selling um, to a certain type of person and you respect that person, you're going to want to buy a suit from us. So whether that person is buying a $3,000 suit or a $1,200 suit, you're going to feel special by being associated with the brand that they're associated with. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like, more... It's kind of like with the Mercedes. You, you can have a Mercedes, yep. you can have an AMG. 100%. It's still Mercedes. Exactly. And, and I exactly. still want to be associated with a Mercedes. Exactly, because you like the brand. Yeah. So it doesn't matter whether you're in an entry level or whether you're in a full spec. It's still a Mercedes. It's still so a Mercedes. So I still know it's good quality. I still know I had a Correct. good experience. Yeah. Uh, everything. And with us, you know, we're, we're giving all the bells and whistles with everything. So no matter whether you, you're getting a $1,200 suit or a $10,000 suit, it's it, it's The service not, is relatively yeah, the, ser the same. The service is yeah. the same, you know, like- um, You might be calling the clients yeah, that spend yeah, heaps more, more often, yeah, but of yeah. course, because they spend more. You're exactly. a business, you need so you profit need to make so them serve feel, more people. Yeah, they need to feel a bit more special, but mm. um, obviously- uh, But in-store service is yeah, the same. exactly the same. And that's, that's, that's incredible. That's how it should be. Exactly right. I, that's incredible. Each client should be valued the same. Um, and I mean, I know a lot of members, um, I mean, throughout, or since the beginning of Cub, all the members get their suits and stuff from mm. you. Um, for people who aren't members, how can they reach out to you guys? Where's, what's the website? So it's uh, www.thebespokecorner.com. The Bespoke Corner or Bespoke Corner? The Bespoke Corner. Dot com. Yeah, correct. So they can they can book an appointment on there, yep. um, or they can reach out to me yeah, personally. And, and if they're a member, they should note in their notes that they're a member. Yeah. A so um, I mean, we always ask everyone where you know where they've uh, heard about us. Yep. Um, but the members, uh, as you, you give know, members special things. Yeah, right? we do. Yeah, we give them a, a, a custom shirt, complimentary with every suit purchase that Amazing. they make. Um, so that's just our way of you know saying. Um, you know, reaching out to the members and obviously thank, introducing ourselves. And, you know, we're all part of this together. So we want to reward them as well for being part of your network and 
Um, our network. Yeah, our network. And a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of them come to us for business suits. Mm-hmm. And like you said, in, in the range that, um, in that middle range where it's, it's affordable for everyday wear. And by the time you're, you're um, buying an off the rack suit and, and you're altering it, that's actually uh, ends up costing very, the same, very similar price. And, and because there's two, like for me, there's two suits. Sometimes there's the everyday. I want to wear a work suit. I want to look good, feel special, but it doesn't need to be too flashy. It doesn't need to be, uh, you know, super expensive. But then there's the special occasion suit that I'll occasionally buy, which is no, no. This needs to be flash. This yeah. needs to look mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this I need a feel. There's like two, a yeah, yeah. There's, two, there's, there's two categories, and you, and you need that in your wardrobe because you know otherwise you're going to be scared to put that suit on. Mm. Um, just before we wrap up, is there a last thought or key lesson that you've learned that you want to kind of leave with the leave the listeners with? I think um, you just need to look at the silver lining. You know, we we need to um, try and look at the positives of everything and do the things that you really don't necessarily want to be doing and and um that now you have the time to do so all of these little things um what do they say plant plant the seeds Mm -hmm. um and the trees will grow you know plant as many seeds as you can during this period because in five years when you're busy with everything else don't forget you know the the wedding market which like i said to you is a big market of ours Mm -hmm. now all of those weddings are still happening but they're happening next year so next year is going to be the biggest year we've ever had um, so let's get prepped, you know, prepped for that. So when we, um, when we go into that, we can focus just on selling. We don't need to, we don't need to worry about all of these little admin things that we're, we're doing while we've got the time to find the positives, make a conscious effort to find the positives and prepare for the upswing so that when it does come back, you're in a better position than your competition. Yeah. hundred percent. And keep going. You know, the, the worst thing you can do right now is pull back. You know, everyone's pulling back all the time. And I hear this uh, constantly. Um, we're pulling back our ad spend. We're pulling back on this. We're pulling back on that. We're saving on this. You know, I, I think we're doing the opposite. We're putting more money in and we're spending more than we've ever spent. Mm. And and there's a reason for that. As everyone pulls back, you can take, you know, pretty much all of the market share by, by doing the opposite. You know, mm. you always do the opposite. Look at every single big leader um, in the market, no matter what industry, during these times, they're all in, baby. Mm. It's time, yeah, time to build the brand. Yep. All right, Legend, thank you so much for today. That was brilliant. Um, reach out to Miles at thebespokecorner.com. I buy all my suits from there. The members all buy their suits from there. It is the best service you'll ever experience and the best experience you'll ever experience while buying a suit. I would never be more confident about recommending someone than I am about my great friend, Miles. Um, he's been a member of Cub for over five years and he's a truly special guy and a brilliant business person. I hope you enjoyed the show.